0: hello and welcome to episode 96 of our sap on azure video podcast today is june 9th and together with robert and goran we are here to talk about anything related to sap and microsoft hello everyone as you can see we're again in a a smaller round um goran is uh, busy with um, um customers and robert is actually on vacation so i'm happy to have martin pankratz um with us again um in the past, we we talked a lot already about the Power Platform. We talked about um, different ways how you can use Power Platform to connect to an SAP system. We talked about the different connectors. We talked about um, how easy it is to build new applications and stuff like that. Um, we had built just last week where we um, announced some really cool new features. However, sometimes it's the small things that can really make a difference um, so in our engineering team um Martin and I and and others um, for SAP and Microsoft we are running an environment where others can also um, yeah see the work that we're doing basically so obviously onboarding new colleagues there can be um, yeah a time-consuming challenge I would say that is if you are not using Power Automate so Today, um, Martin um, joins us again, and he will walk us through our internal automation journey, so to say. And we'll we'll take a look at um, what we do in in our environment, what would have been the manual steps, and um, what we have done to create some some cool and easy Power Automate flows um, to help us with the whole onboarding process. But before we hand over to Martin... Um, I have some again, only very few, but but still some some pretty cool um, um blog posts, I would say uh, in the past, I think in the past ten times or something, but whatever we talked about um private link, um obviously Martin was the go-to person. and actually, um let me actually click here on this link. Martin has a fantastic um, landing page for for all the contents for for private link. so so, we talked about this a lot of times already. Um, so really, how to get started with Private Link? But um, today, or actually, uh, yeah, a few days ago, Harut um, from from SAP also um, published a, a blog post about Private Link and especially about using Cup, the Cloud Application Programming Model, um, with the Cloud SDK, um, and use this with uh, with Private Link. So um, there's a nice um, Uh, architecture overview where you can see here um, this is your SAP system running on Azure and as before the 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 whole idea is that um, when the business technology platform is also running on Azure then you can use here this private link um, connectivity to really um, connect with your development that you do on the business technology platform so in in this specific case a cap application um, and connect this um, to your um, SAP system running on Azure. And yeah, uh, it's a it's a really nice um, blog post again that um, outlines all the steps. I think um, uh, leveraging a lot of the information that Martin that you have published in the past, um but but bringing this together in another um, view on yeah, how how we can use the private link connectivity um, with the business technology platform. so I, I really like. The the idea that others are, um, are now obviously also picking up the work that you have done,
1: and uh, yeah, uh, developing some some cool new scenarios on top of this. Yeah, Harut and I wanted to make sure that uh, Cup and the Cloud SDK support this natively. Yeah, so for the other proxy providers, yeah, like uh, on premises via Cloud Connector and Internet, obviously this was already there. But this new provider also needs to make its way into all the libraries and other components. Yeah, with an SAP. And this is um, like adding, uh, checking one off the list, yeah, the CUP and Cloud
0: SDK. Yeah, and I think especially CUP is something that is used by a lot of um, SAP developers. So it's it's fantastic to see this now also working with private link. Sure. Okay, um, moving on. Yeah, th- this was uh, your uh, summary blog post, your, your landing page for the, the private link service. But actually what I wanted to highlight next is and um, we also talked about this some time ago um robert biro has uh, had started to create um uh, a document on docs.microsoft.com about um, integrating um Azure with Rise on Azure. So basically, or or there there are a lot of customers that are using Rise with SAP on Azure, and they also have other workload on Azure, obviously. And now um, the the question was how how do we connect these things? And in the past, we had started with um, things like um, a simple VNet peering. So so let's say you have some other virtual machines. What is the um, recommended way to do the VNet peering with your Rise on SAP subscription? Um, and now he's expanding um, this uh, this integration topics with come on uh, here there we come um, to to the topics where we talk about um, other um, Azure services. So so still following the um, actually no this one here that's where we start here with the new topics. Still following the approach um, uh, that yeah you you have some services on Azure you have your SAP system now in rise um on azure and what options are there to to connect and um, obviously when we talk for example the the data integration obviously this is something that we see with a lot of customers that they are um, using um data tools on the on the microsoft side but obviously the data is also in the sap system and now what options are available there so and and one um, commonly used option is to use the self-hosted integration runtime, which needs to be installed somewhere where the um, Shear, the self-hosted integration runtime has access to the SAP system. And here, um, Robert outlines um, how this can be done. So you install it um, in your Azure subscription, you still leverage the VNet peering that we also discussed um, upfront. And then there are different vehicles or mechanisms how you can um, connect to your SAP system and then Make this um, the the information available. For example, in in Synapse or ADF or something like that. And then same thing. Um, I mean, uh, we are talking about power um, power platform today. Same thing with Logic Apps. And um, in a lot of cases, there, if you want to use, um, for example, the RFC connector, um, if you want to connect to Bar Piece, um, then um, you need the on-premises data gateway. Um their same approach like uh, like before, you you can install a virtual machine in your Azure subscription, you um, leverage the, the VNet peering between your Azure subscription and SAP's RISE Azure subscription. And then you can use, um, yeah, for example, the SAP ERP connector for Logic Apps or in Power BI to also connect to your SAP system. And now the monitoring solution is also something um that is um natively obviously available with um with running your sap system on azure Um now when we do this in the context of Rise, um then there there's a caveat that um, this is um uh, um not um, supported to use this this kind of integration. Still, I mean, there there are some discussions ongoing um, how you can use the um, Azure monitoring functionality um, with your SAP system. But I think this is this is just an an outlook um, what we potentially can do there. But obviously, Rise with SAP is a is a, an offering that is um, managed and and monitored by SAP. So yeah, we'll see if if this is uh, necessary or or if this is just something um that you can completely ignore in in a rice context
1: well you're not subscribed to your telemetry for netflix as well yeah <laughs> even, <laughs> you, even though it, some people would say it's also life threatening yeah <laughs> no but but that's that's a perfect example thank you exactly Um because it is an,
0: an an managed service offering there there should not be a need um to do this this monitoring but let's see um one additional topic is um we we talked about in the past um, about the customer engagement initiative that we have been running on event integrations. So as we, we talked about on the SAP side, we have the SAP event mesh. On the Microsoft side, we have Azure Event Grid and um, that um, we are working in this um, customer engagement initiative on bringing these two eventing worlds together. So basically that in the end, one, one direction, for example, if you're an SAP developer, that you can connect to the SAP event mesh and get all the events that are available in Event Grid. Now, with this announcement um, that we have now in public preview, um, you get access to events also from the Microsoft Graph and more specifically from um, events from Azure Active Directory, Outlook, SharePoint, Teams, and, and a few more, but, but obviously, especially um, Outlook and Teams are probably very interested. interesting. So these events can now be made available in Event Grid and now if you think about the next step, and, and again, think about this custom engagement initiative that we um, talked about in the past, potentially these events could then also be avail- made available in SAP Event Mesh, and then um, developers on the SAP side should be able to very easily um, consume these events from the Microsoft Graph as well. So I think that was also some something really cool that I'm sure um, over the the, the long-term will, we'll, um provide a lot of be- benefits um th- for 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 our customers. Good. And then a final point, um, I mean we we talked about this already, um but um since Martin is also in the call today, um if you have not done yet, um and maybe you if you're living in London or um, if you have plans to to go to London or if you have time to join remotely, um there is the Integrate 2022 event um next week, so starting on June 13th until um, 15th and um next to some uh some some yeah, highlights um or or some prominent speakers here actually Martin you're in the, in the second row I just see this we also have Martin there um, on site exactly so Martin and actually also um Will Will Eastbury both of them were also on the podcast before they um will be at um integrate and Martin, maybe um, a few words. I think your your session is also mentioned down here, but yeah, maybe you can also quickly talk about this one. Yeah,
1: yeah, like like we did uh, on the show the, um, a couple of weeks back. Yeah? So we will be talking more about in depth on uh, OData APIs for, for SAP and how to work with them in API management. And we've prepared some really cool um, interactive um, scenario for for the session on site and remotely, so you will be able to participate uh, quite nicely there, kicking off APIs and um, as a reward uh, get something Ninja Cat related. So I, I already got a sneak peek at this, and I can only say um, you you should definitely
0: um, attend this one and 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 participate in the session.
1: And there's a cool. discount code that we distributed via LinkedIn and uh, Twitter, so. Let me quickly get it also for you. It's oh, let me, the, the, the link to the tweet. Mm-hmm.
0: Let me just double double check. open it up in a second. Yeah, there it is. But I will also put this in the show notes. Come on, um, so that others can also easily um, check this out wait just a second it's verifying and here
1: we go no come on here it is yeah there's your um, discount
0: code perfect okay so so that was all that i wanted to um highlight for this week so so with this um martin let's uh Hand it over to you. Um, as always, I, I think everyone knows you already, but still, maybe one sentence about yourself, and then um, let's take a look at the the environment.
1: My pleasure, Martin Pancras. Um, I'm a direct team member of Holger, yeah, also looking at the integration topics for for both both sides, SAP and Microsoft, and uh, with a special uh, passion, yeah, for integration topics and uh, APIs. So, also reason why API management is like close to my heart there and the sessions perfect yeah so let me share my screen and before we go into the details let's see where we need to go yeah so our environment for where we showcase what you can do with sap and microsoft tooling um, is obviously in multiple it's distributed over multiple parts yeah And uh, the Microsoft Teams client is one for this one you need an office or an M365 account. Yeah, so we have here uh, the compliance approved name, Nesta Wilke, which is part of every demo environment that you can spin up yourself. Actually, we have a list where you can subscribe to the trials for everything that's involved here. Yeah. And um, so, so we need M365 accounts that we need to distribute to the users of this environment. Yeah. The same is true for the business technology platform, where we host the, um, the apps so that we can have a nice narrative around this, yeah? how we explain uh, what Microsoft plus SAP actually means. Yeah? Okay, so I'm logging in here with Nestor. There we go. So that's the second user that we require, yeah? someone who has a, uh, access to BTP. Since we re, um, configured single sign-on yeah, and um, shadow user creation, uh, this happens on the fly yeah, when when you log in. Um, but still, you need to have this in mind. Yeah? This is also required to to be handled somehow. BTP yeah? access and M365. So, and if there's something like the web GUI, or you want to show something that happens on the back end, you also need a user for that one. Yeah? Either come up with a single sign-on again, yeah, or provide an, another user again, yeah, to to, to deal with this, yeah? or at least have in mind that you have to have user mapping or authorizations at this level too, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we already have quite some some moving parts, yeah? and things to assign, and this is only on the surface yet, yeah. So what about you want to show actually moving moving components uh, on on Azure itself on the portal, yeah? There again you have um, our role-based access controls, yeah, which are handled uh, through this, this part here, for instance, and on resource group level. And um, how, how do you make sure that people get automatic access to this one as well, yeah, reader rights at least, yeah, so that they can see what, what's in here, so they can um, show a couple of properties or use the, the UI associated with this. Yeah? So there's like four levels of things that need to be considered yeah, when you give access to someone, yeah, so that they are assigned to the right um, roles, the right authorizations, the right groupings. How do you deal with that? Yeah? Maybe with two to three colleagues you can get by and doing this ad hoc, yeah, and maybe get a ping Oh, I'm missing this, or okay, where can I get you this? Uh, and Then you have like a couple of iterations until everyone is happy and can see what they need to see. But if you do this on global scale yeah, with hundreds of colleagues, then um, you're you're in trouble huh
0: (laughs) and Martin that that's exactly how we started right and because I think I I really want to highlight that this is something that we obviously see also with other customers obviously in in different scenarios but that's exactly how we started we 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 built up this environment we obviously both of us used it um to 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 do demos to customers to do, do demos to um to partners to prototype certain scenarios and then the first colleagues came in and said, "Sure, we can um, give give you access um, with the right licenses and and everything, and uh, that you have the permissions to access the Azure resource groups that you have access to to teams and and so on." But it was a manual process, and as you said, for five users, that's no problem. It, it takes some time. Maybe you forget something, and then the the the, the um, colleague pings you again. Oh, I. Get an error when I get this. Okay, then I forgot to do this. So you do this manually, then which works out fine for five users. For ten users, it's getting annoying. For fifty users, it's you—you you cannot handle this anymore.
1: Yeah, and uh, since this is quite popular with with our colleagues, yeah, to showcase live demos, yeah, <laughs> we quickly grew out of the manual process. Yeah. Yes. All, all right. Yeah. So so we see the scope that needs to be taken care of yeah. and um, for us the the easiest way of addressing this is um, providing a nice um, Microsoft Forms which is also part of the M365 portfolio and in here um, you have like something that is mobile ready um, on the public, inter- public internet knows Azure Active Directory yeah so if you publish this within your organization yeah then you have really a nice um, I process around this already yeah. and we came up with a couple of questions um, and um, descriptions so that the user knows what to expect one thing that we added along the way for instance was this um, we got feedback from some of the participants saying well wh- where do i get um, my pings now where do i get the credentials and f- further information for the onboarding and actually we didn't provide anything in here because we thought that the email and the team's chat push notification that you get would be like obvious enough yeah but even then we added a sentence here so that people know what to expect next where to go look yeah Mm -hmm. and um this is on making sure why do you want access yeah so when we get the the approval request yeah holger and me and the rest of the team then we know okay valid valid point yeah you should get access and um who you're presenting to and something like, okay, where's where's the information coming from? So for us to to learn how this is distributed within our company yeah. And then here, um a note again, how uh, will it go from here once approved? yeah So you get a nice email and team's notification with within information that you require. Yeah? and as as
0: you said, there was also continuous um improvement, I would say. Mm-hmm. So um we released this once. then um, the automation and and obviously the things that that we'll look at in, in in a second, um, was used. There were some hiccups. Then we got some feedback that this is unclear, that is unclear. We improved that, and so constantly it evolved and got better and better.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So and from here, um, you can create a automation, a workflow based on the responses that were submitted through these forms. Yeah. So in here you can actually then see there's a trigger um, within this particular Power Automate flow yeah, that is executed each time someone submits um, this request, and in here we can uh, then work with what they provided there, yeah, with the justification, what um, Microsoft ID they have, yeah, so that we can actually identify them when we post a, an answer to them or reply with an email, yeah, and in here is like our gate, yeah, where where we're actually checking. Um, if we should let those requests go through and give access to them, yeah? and this is a integrated uh, task, this this approval thing is a standard uh, Power Automate object, yeah? which is natively integrated already with Outlook and with Teams. Yeah? So there's nothing extra to be done here. Yeah? So you just provide the uh, the target, and it then triggers this uh, with nice uh, UIs uh, in in both both systems. Yeah? Outlook and, and Teams, which obviously is is one of these the, these huge benefits that that come with the
0: Power Platform, right? That it is so well integrated into the the office environment. So and and similar like the, I don't know the the SAP ERP connector in Power Automate that um, simplifies the way how we can browse through the available bar piece and RFCs, and like this integration that we see here with the forms trigger that there there is a trigger out of the box available, so you don't need to. Um, develop some webhooks integrations and stuff like that. It, it's just there to to be consumed. And similar, to this this approval process, it's also just another action that you add into your Power Automate
1: flow. But this one is crucial, you know. This is the only gate, yeah, to make sure uh, you have control over what's what's happening. Yeah. Yes. And uh, there's some uh, error handling, yeah. So in case we don't answer in time, I think it's 48 hours. So if there's too many people on vacation, yeah, it will. Timeout and tell the person uh, we're sorry, um, but uh, please try again in later. Yeah, so it timed out. No one replied in time. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's a condition. So if um, this evaluates as true, so we approve this. Yeah. There's again two options. Yeah. If it's um, going in here and there's there's a no, then uh, we again provide an answer to the person who submitted the request. Via via Teams, as push notification. Well, sorry, we we didn't approve, and we can supply a reason. Yeah? There's like a adaptive card, yeah. When when we click reject, we can actually provide a comment why, yeah. And this would then be pushed back to to the person who actually requested yeah? so have them. So has has a nice flow, um, which is also very personal then. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So in this case, we approved. Yeah. So we we look at a successfully executed run. Yeah. So that's why you see. Um, this expression results here. Yeah? This is not the design view, this is actually the, the runtime view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in here, we're asking Azure Director Directory for the user ID, Yeah. because forms tells us the email address. Yeah, because we configured that to be shared. Yeah? On forms, there's multiple uh, options that you can uh, provide. We said, well, we want only our organization to be able to respond and record the name. Uh, this is required for us to identify. Yeah, but it could also be anonymous. Yeah, it could be anyone. Yeah, so depending on what type of compliance level you require here. Yeah. So once we get more user information, we are able to add them to a, a Azure Active Directory group. Yeah, this is the first governance mean that we that we need. Yeah, so that on on Azure, we don't add people on an individual basis, but um, group them in in, in this object so that we can treat them as one. Yeah? So even mm. if we have to make adjustments on the on the resource group level and the authorizations there, we just make the change for the group and not for every person who has access to this environment. Yeah? Mm. So base, basic governance means. Yeah? And uh, for collaboration, we have a Teams channel yeah, where, where everyone um, is then automatically added through this task here, where people can have conversations about the individual demos, um, new ideas they, they want they want to see added to our environment or um, also talk about issues they have yeah, with whatever problem yeah. so, and this is also then part of the onboarding yeah? they get automatically assigned to that teams channel in here um, we are checking the latest version of the password for the sap backend yeah so when we distribute um, the, the user Um, you retrieve it from here, which is also one way of governing this, if you have it in one single place um, and you dynamically ask for the latest version, um, it's automatically distributed in in the right right way. And by the way, there's another flow when we make a change on keyboard that automatically distributes the the new uh, password after reset to the people um, using it. Otherwise, this would be a one-go, yeah? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then the most important part, the welcome message, yeah? The word of flowbot tells you, hey, here I am. Um, This is where you should get started, yeah? There's a link to the video that Holger created to tease what you could expect. And um, there's also the the link to the wiki, yeah? Where it describes how to use the environment. And this basically gives you um, all the right means uh, to let your participants know um, where to go look and what to do next in a nice automatic way the only thing that or i did was click approve everything after that happened automatically
0: and i mean you mentioned that there's a timeout of 48 hours and i think so far um, this whole onboarding process
1: uh, happened typically yeah. You can see here. It took us five minutes to respond. To ah, this. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Until the, one of us uh, noticed and actually clicked approve. Yeah.
0: But I think and now just just remember how complicated it was to onboard a new user manually. All these things um, that we needed to assign them to a resource group, that we needed to add them to our team's channel for the collaboration, that we needed to share the information how to get started and all this kind of stuff. So. Here, this this was really a fantastic way to simplify a manual process that took yeah much much longer to uh, to get started.
1: Yeah, and it grows organically. Uh, you know, whenever there's uh, a quick win or a major pain, yeah, uh, we can address through through this and then um, have it run automatically. Yeah. Mm. All right. So yeah. Th- those are the the things that we wanted to show here on the on the automation.
0: And again, for for me, um, I, I'm often asked um, by by customers. Um, c- can you can you tell me about um, the Power Automate use cases? And then um, you you typically, or I typically think always of well, what's the, what's the really cool, the best um, use case that really brought a lot of value? And and we do have obviously these these success stories with um, Coca Cola. We have the success stories with with lots of customers that have fantastic integrations with Power Platform. Um, but I think what what's Even more important, are these smaller wins? I mean, we would probably not create a success story around um, our automation here, but this is something that saved us or still saves us a lot of time because it's really, as you said, just one click on a proof. And there is a great um, um, automation flow behind this, and, and that really helps a lot. And if we go to the customers, there are thousands of these small automations where, where where customers are using power automate where they are using a connection to an sap system um to to simplify these these easy um mundane um processes and that's where unfortunately we don't have a lot of success stories on but but they
1: bring a huge value to to the individual user Well, very often the big companies uh, don't talk about the small um, yes <laughs> small teachers so. uh, like i said at the beginning uh, everything involved uh, has free trial accounts and um, from from our um, community grouping GitHub repo um, you get all the links yeah? so where to sign up for M365 developer program um, where the btp trial is uh, and also for for the azure part yeah? and obviously for the sap backend system you would look at uh, the cloud appliance library Yeah, um, so to, do, to get the picture picture complete yeah? and before we finish let me show you um, the team's approval screen so that you also see the native part to it. So, in here, share again. There we go. So, we, in here, we have uh, the wiki. There's again the, the forms uh, linked. Yeah? So there's multiple things that you can do from from here. Yeah? And also quite important, yeah, we are resetting our system each week in order to avoid clutter. Yeah, so here you get also the the, uh, the note about this. And on the on the channel we have in here we have a notifications um, feed that actually tells you about updates yeah? for instance in here it's also about new articles that have been published but also when the system goes going down and if it it's back online yeah so to actually tell everyone what's going what's what's happening and for the approvals there's a the native app
0: and native app means exactly that you didn't need to develop anything right mm-hmm. um, we just were able to use this and it it was just there, so it's just ah an easy way to get
1: started. I need to change my environment <clears throat> to actually see the approvals. And are saying seeing the 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 actual the, the UI and um, who sent uh, what at what time. Yeah? And this is what what we see here. We get. Um, wanted access we were able to influence the the title in here and uh, we see the justification and the status of it yeah? and this is the team's experience there's the same um, adaptive card uh, driven approach in in outlook as well yeah so wherever you currently are yeah um, mostly i get the push notification first there yeah, on teams um, and the outlook is then updated to me that someone else replied or i did already yeah this is how it goes
0: cool no, and, and again, I think this just helped us a lot to um simplify to onboard um, all the the, uh, the the users to this environment. um we have the team's side to to really foster the collaboration, to to exchange um, topics there. So I think that um, yeah, it's really a win-win situation. We are, we're we're using using our own technologies to uh, talk about the
1: technologies and and the the benefits that we're getting there out of the power platform. Manbreuch would always say it's, it's not eating dog food but drinking your own champagne. Yeah, he doesn't like the phrase. <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay, good, Martin. Thank you so much for walking us through the environment and and walking us through um, the whole onboarding process. Um, again, I think it's these small things that that make a, a huge difference. And um, yeah, we 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 clearly see that. There is a huge benefit for for us um, by by using these Power Automate flows here. Exactly, my pleasure. Okay, thank you then everyone and talk to you next week again. Bye-bye.